0: How are you now? How are you on this fine Monday evening? Actually, there's no shot that you're listening to this on Monday evening uh, because by the time this game was over, no matter where you live in North America, uh, it was already uh, Tuesday. Well, I guess that's not true. Not if you live on the, on the West Coast. So maybe you could be listening to this on Tuesday. I don't know. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the bottom six minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and we are here to talk about the Montreal Canadiens traveling to meet the undefeated in regulation Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, in Las Vegas, uh, we're going to get to the recap, of course, and let you know everything, every juicy detail that happened in the Habs first trip to Vegas. But first, the last of the major pro sports league kicks off this week and bet online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season with mlb postseason nfl college football and nhl in full swing bet online is your number one source for wagering news odds trends and predictions get everything nba at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime head to the bet online today to get in on the action don't forget to use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and when this particular game started between the Habs and the Golden Knights, I was expecting uh I was expecting it to not go so well. Again, as I mentioned before, uh Vegas Golden Knights unbeaten in regulation this season. They've only lost one game. It was in overtime, but it was to the Chicago Blackhawks, who the Montreal Canadiens already have a win over. So, there was some hope that maybe they could be that first team to actually take a regulation game off of them. And early on in the game, right off the first draw, uh Vegas Ice is the puck. Might remember that, um, icing the puck a whole lot from the Dominique de in Montreal. Uh, but I digress. We're not gonna just dump on, uh, on DD here today. Uh, they iced the puck right away and I'm thinking, all right, maybe the Habs could start putting some pressure on here, but Vegas goes the other way and gets like four shots in their next shift. But the Habs settle in from there. And they start actually applying some pressure. uh, But they are missing the net or getting blocked a lot. So they're getting a lot of attempts. The problem is uh, they're just not getting many of those attempts on goal. And when they do get them on goal, it actually seems Aiden Hill has given up some pretty juicy rebounds. So the hope is, you know, start getting some more on net. The top line actually hemmed them in for well over a minute at one point. So Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Rafael Harvey Pinar had the puck in the offensive zone offensive zone rather, well over a minute, uh, and they had one shot on goal. Uh, that was really the big problem for the Habs in this first period, just an inability to actually get pucks through and on net. And then, of course, a little over five minutes to go in the period. Arbor Jack misses a hit in the neutral zone. Jordan Harris covers for him but gets called for a hold. Bit of a soft call on that hold. Didn't love it. But they called it, and of course it hurts. Paul Cotter gets a shot from the right circle. It bounces off Mike Matheson and just kind of flops into the net. Uh, Really bad luck on that deflection, Uh, and it's 1-0 for the Vegas Golden Knights. And that's all she wrote for the first period. Honestly, not a bad start from the Habs. uh, Playing against a team that, again, has not lost in regulation, I got to say I like that start. We go into the second period, and the Habs start playing even better there. But they do get an early penalty on Mike Matheson for boarding. Again, tad soft, but it was what they said it was. It was, in fact, boarding. And the Habs managed to kill that off, and they need to turn this into some momentum. And they get a little, but it's apparently derailed by a Uri Slavkovsky penalty for high sticking a few minutes later. However, the Montreal Canadiens, they wanted that momentum, and they got it anyways. Yoel Armia dumps the puck down, backhand. It goes all the way down to Aiden Hill. He comes out of his crease to play it, and he just whiffs on the pass and gives it right to Sean Monahan on the doorstep. He just lets Aiden Hill slide right past him and then puts it in easily. It's 1-1, and the Montreal Canadiens are cooking. From that point on, they were, I would argue, definitely the far better team in the second period. Uh, They're getting quite a few opportunities. Uh, They got their first power play finally. They looked pretty decent, but they also almost got scored on, so no points for Gryffindor on that one. And uh, less than two minutes to go. Even though the Habs are clearly the better team in this period. Delayed penalty against the Habs. Tanner Pearson had run into Aiden Hill, and he was about to get called for goaltender interference. Uh, Vegas doesn't even wait for the power play. Chandler Stevenson gets his zone entry, puts a perfect backhand pass to the back door to William Carrier, and uh, he puts it in. It's 2-1 for the Vegas Golden Knights, despite the Habs, Habs being up in shots on goal at this point, as well as shot attempts. Again, they were the better team in that second period, but they go into the third down 2-1. Into the third period, and it is the refs, oddly enough, giving some opportunities to the Montreal Canadiens. They get a power play a few minutes in. It's pretty decent, but it still fails to actually generate anything. Alex Newhook, he went post-to-post on a shot that came so close to tying it. Uh, It must have been frustrating for him, frustrating for the team in general, because they're generating opportunities. They just can't cash in on them. They get another power play with just over five minutes to play. Tons of chances, but just can't get a fucking goal to save their lives however after that power play ended the first line comes out for their next shift and they're absolutely buzzing some fantastic puck movement up at the point Cole Caulfield with it throws it down to Rafael Harvey Pinard who is in Cole Caulfield's spot he sells shot but goes across to Nick Suzuki on the back door handles it with one quick stick handle puts it in behind Aiden Hill it's 2-2 and the Montreal Canadiens have all the momentum we're going to overtime Habs have been pretty lethal in overtime so far this season. Uh, But early on in this one, it's a bad giveaway by Nick Suzuki in the offensive zone. Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel goes down the ice with the puck. Suzuki chases him down and hooks him. It's a penalty shot, but he gets robbed on the penalty shot by Samuel Montembeau and we keep going it's chaos Caden Gooley goes gets a chance on goal it goes the other way Samuel Montembeau has to make a wild toe save on a two on one and then Sean Monahan has a two on one with Nick Suzuki and Monaghan just misses the net chances galore at both ends nobody can score we go to a shootout it's Paul Cotter up first shoots it wide against a poke check by Samuel Montembeau Nick Suzuki goes next filthy dangle finishes on the backhand Habs are up Jonathan Marcheseau shoots and he scores. Cole Caulfield tries to go five hill and he's stopped. <laughs> tries to go five hole and he's stopped by Aiden Hill. Jack Eichel goes next. Pad saved by Samuel Montambeau. Clearly has Jack Eichel's number. Sean Monaghan can win it, but he's stopped by the blocker of Aiden Hill. And then Shay Theodore goes backhand top shelf with speed. They're up, and Alex Newhook has to score to keep this one going, but he rings it off the post again, just like he did in regulation on the power play and it is a 3-2 final in favor of the vegas golden knights um look it's late or early in the morning at this point, so I'm going to be pretty brief with the remainder of this podcast. But um, I think that we need to take this as an absolute victory for the Montreal Canadiens. This is a Golden Knights team that has not lost a game in regulation. The Habs almost handed them a regulation loss because even after they scored that goal to tie it up, you know they pushed and they, they got another opportunity or two. Uh, puck rolls right for them in the regulation period. That's a regulation win. That's That's their first regulation loss in Vegas if the puck rolls a little bit better for the Habs during the regulation time. Um, look, it, it was a good game for them. It was a good game for them. And uh, that brings me, I guess, a good segue to the silver lining of the night. Uh, silver lining of the night for me was definitely just the top line in general. They were dominant. So they've got Rafael Harvey Pinal back up there with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. And they looked fantastic. Keep in mind, this is a Vegas Golden Knights team that is currently, I believe, number one in the league. At this point, I'm going to double-check that. sorry if you guys can hear my computer or my keyboard typing rather uh, while I'm doing this. No, actually, I think the Bruins are the number one team in the league. Or rather, the Knights... No, the Knights are the number one team in the league right now. Hmm. So the Habs, keeping pace with them, they've got last change. And despite that, the top line looks as dominant as they did. Large periods of time where they just hemmed the Vegas Golden Knights in their own zone. Cole Caulfield, probably another game where he could have had two or three goals. Nick Suzuki had one, could have easily had two. Rafael Harvey Pinar had an opportunity, actually, in the second period uh, where he just barely got stopped by Aiden Hill. Um, Man, they could have had multiple goals. They could have been the difference maker in a regulation win. Again, the first such defeat for the Vegas Golden Knights. So, um, look, I, I think this was an absolute fantastic game from them. They are a well-deserved silver lining of the night, and they're proving that, you know, patience kind of can fix things a little bit. I was on game over with Mac Zemo uh, right after the game, and he was talking about some of the criticism that Nick Suzuki had received early in the season, and, uh, you know, I was, I was with most of the people criticizing him, but some of it went a little bit overboard, and it's a lesson in patience, right? You you give him some time. You, you look at even the games where he wasn't performing that well. The opportunities were there. They just needed to figure out, you know a little bit more consistency to those opportunities and now they have that now they're generating opportunities consistently when they start going in the net it's going to be going in, in bunches man I, I can feel it um maybe as early as next game against the blues uh the blues you know they're are, are they a bad team I don't even know where they are in this thing. They are a bad team. Um, They're near the bottom of their division right now, um, just above the Chicago Blackhawks. So that could be an opportunity for this top line to really feast a little bit. Uh, They currently have, uh, well, they're actually not that bad in terms of goal differential, but they got 14 goals, 4 and 20 against. You know, that could be a team that's giving you up a little bit more. Um, Could be an opportunity for them. Hmm, I don't know. Anyways. Point being, they played a great game. Silver lining of the night goes to the top line as a whole. Really like their overall game. Um, and a runner-up to that, I guess you could call it, is the third line, which is really the second line at this point. Brendan Gallagher with Sean Monaghan and Tanner Pearson, they have been magnificent. And it's been consistent for a while with them. It, it I think maybe the first two games of the year, they were kind of like, eh. Uh, but ever since then, they've been absolutely fantastic. They figured it out. The, the tough thing for this team to deal with is going to be when Christian Dvorak comes back, what are you going to do with the rest of the lineup? I don't think you want to touch that third line. I don't think Christian Dvorak should go anywhere near it. I don't think anybody should go anywhere near it. I think it's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So Dvorak, what do you do with him? Maybe you try him up on the second line. The second line hasn't been working that well. I don't know. What you don't do is you don't put anybody else on that third line because right now those three, they've got something cooking. They were um, on that game. of the shot attempts were in their favor when they were on the ice. They, much like the top line, had numerous occasions where they hemmed the Golden Knights in their own zone, just took the puck in there, and would not let it leave. 100% of high-danger scoring chances were in their favor when they were on the ice at 5-on-5. 100%. This is a legitimately nasty third line to have, because... They're hemming you in your own, their, their own zone. They're contributing offensively. Um, Sean Monaghan gets a shorthanded goal. He's got five goals on the year. Sean Monaghan has five goals in the year. He's the leading goal scorer on the Montreal Canadiens right now. I mean, what more can you say about that third line? They've been absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I just don't want to see any anything change on that line because they've been playing so well that how can you possibly justify moving anybody off there and moving them somewhere else in the lineup? I don't think you can. So wouldn't change a thing there would keep them exactly where they are um Samuel Montambeau as well. Now that I'm on the, I'm, I'm trying to be on a positive streak here. Um, he played fantastic. Uh, he made some really nice saves for them, um, equal to the task uh, that Aiden Hill was putting up at the other end. Um, you could make the argument that Aiden Hill was a bigger difference maker in that game because he had to make a lot more saves. Uh, the Habs outshot them pretty heavily. I don't remember what the exact total was at the end of the game, and I'm too lazy to go check. But trust me, the Habs outshot them. They had more by the end of the game shots on goal as well as shot attempts. It wasn't just a possession win for the Habs. It was, uh, they, they were winning the shot total as well. Um, Aiden Hill had to make a lot of saves. Uh, but Samuel Montambeau was not exactly standing there doing nothing with his thumb up his ass. No, he had to make some really nice saves. That toe save in OT was ridiculous. He stopped Jack Eichel on a penalty shot and then stopped him again in the shootout. Um, Again, tough tough one for him because he deserved to get the win, really. But, you know, Aiden Hill at the other end was, was fantastic. So I um, guess three silver linings for you there. The top line, the third line, and Samuel Montambo. Now, the only problem. I don't know what you're doing about the second line at this point. The second line is not a second line. They're bad. When Kirby Doc was there, that line was arguably the top line. right? They were better than Suzuki's line when Kirby Dock was there. But now you don't have Kirby Dock anymore. And you're not going to have him until next year. So what are you going to do? You got to figure it out. You can't just keep going in with this same line every time. They've got hook at center with Slavkowski and Anderson. It doesn't work. You got to stop that shit. You got to figure something else out. When I was on game over with Mark, I was saying, you know, one of the things I might do is I might, next time I need a body, I might call up Joshua Wiley and I might give him a shot there. I might call up Leas Anderson and give him a shot there. I might, as I mentioned before, try Christian Dvorak there. I just, I would try something other than this. That line isn't working. You need to move somebody off. Another option that you have, again, if Christian Dvorak isn't ready to go, is you could give Slavkovsky a little conditioning stint in Laval. Bring somebody else up, whether it be Joshua Roy or Leah Sanderson. Give somebody else a shot. Right now, it's not working. And you can't just have a second line that's a black hole every night. Shot attempts when they were on the ice. I mean, I'm going to give you the, I'll give you a flavor of it by just telling you all of the lines, okay? The fourth line: Michael Pizzetta, Jake Evans, and Joel Armia, fifty-five point five six percent of shot attempts when they were on the ice. Okay, I already told you the third line with Tanner Pearson, Sean Monahan, Brendan Gallagher was seventy-three point six eight. Rafael Harvey Pinal with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield was eighty-four point two one. Slavkowski, Newhook, and Anderson forty-six point one five. They also had high-danger scoring chances, 4 against 1-4. Every other line was positive or neutral. The fourth line was neutral. They had none for none against, which is exactly what you want from a fourth line. The top line of Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and Rafael Harbibinan was 4-0. And, oh, and the third line was 4-0. Oh. I mean, right now the weakest point of your lineup is your second line. So either you got to slash their ice time, which they did a little bit of that, technically the second line in terms of ice time was pearson monahan and gallagher in that game at five on five anyways um so either slash their ice time or or shake things up and i'm not saying bring out the line blender because right now your top line's working and the, the monahan the monahan line's working so I, again i really don't want to see you mess with either of those two lines but you got to try something in that second line because it's not fucking working you got to do something different um want to leave it on a positive note <laughs> I don't want to leave it on a shitting on the second line note. Um, look again, I hate to be a broken record repeating myself here this was a Vegas Golden Knights team that is currently leading the league and the Montreal Canadians outpossessed them outchanced them and probably should have beat them in regulation. <clears throat> now you could have an argument um, about whether or not that's actually the case or whether or not any of these stats really matter. I know some people aren't big fans of stats but really if you watch that game even if you want to throw all the stats out the window i test it you seriously want to tell me that you don't think the Habs are the better team fuck the stats fuck everything they were the better team visibly you don't need a a statistics website to tell you that they were the better team you should sit back and watch that game i mean it didn't start off so sparkling great for the Habs, but they got better as that game went on and vegas was holding on for dear life by the end of it so You know, look, you lose in a shootout? Nah, whatever. It's going to happen, right? It's a skills comp, and it's the best league in the world, so every team has skill on it. This season is about trying to find replicable things for the Montreal Canadiens that they can continue to do to become successful on the other side of the rebuild. We're seeing that at 5-on-5. Beat the brakes off of the Vegas Golden Knights at 5-on-5 in that game. I'm going to leave it at that. What are we running? Ah, about 18 minutes. So, it's a great soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.